something that's not quite right in the studio here. What is that? Absence of pharmacist Ben. Where the hell is pharmacist Ben? He sh he needs to be in the studio here. Tell him. Don't you see him somewhere in the building? Pharmacist Ben, if you're here, come on in to the talk. No, 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 no. He can't hear you. You got to go <laughs> find him. You got to go find him. Already, uh, hold on. He's got he's got to come in here, and and just give us a little a little. Oh, he is there. Pull pull the microphone. Sit down in front of the microphone here, pharmacist Ben. All right, here now. Okay, put me on. All right. Did you enjoy your talk last are night? Are we on? In, yes, we are. Are we live? In yeah. front of several hundred people. I loved it. I always love it. And, you know, I, as I was saying, uh, as I said yesterday, I, I feel like a, well, I feel sort of like an honorary Santa Cruzian. Because Santa Cruzians are kind of like me. You know, we, we question things. We don't take the party line just because somebody tells us this is the way it is. We want to know why. We want to, we want to participate intellectually. We want to, we want to be on board. We don't just want to do what we're told. And that's kind of my message when it comes to the medical model. Just because some guy in a white coat says you take this drug three times a day, doctor's orders. Don't you love that term? Doctor's orders. That doesn't mean we have to do it. What, what is in the medicine? Who the hell are they? Basically, I mean, what does your degree, what does that, what does that metal, medical degree really mean? That you know everything about my body, you know everything about these prescription drugs, you know, you know exactly the, the uh, uh, effects, all of the effects that this medication is going to have on my body. There's all kinds of questions that need to be raised and, and asked when we participate in the medical model. So to me, as a, a registered pharmacist, I love when people ask questions. I'm asking questions. I'm skeptical. I'm a, I'm a cynic. And it seems like the folks that like my talks in Santa Cruz are the same, are cut from the same cloth. So I always feel very comfortable here. I always feel like this is my home away from home. Well, here is what, what fed back to me yesterday, and I totally agree with this. Best talk ever. These are from people who have seen you many times before. You know, if it's the first time, you know, no big deal. But these are people who have seen you many times before, and I've seen you many times before. You were on your game last <laughs> night. Now, to all of the people who are listening out there, who did not attend Pharmacist Ben's show. Aren't you ashamed? <laughs> I mean, don't you... W Anyhow, that's not going to That's happen. not me saying that. I, that's I me. I, you wouldn't say that. No. I, I'm the kind of classless, you know, coarse <laughs> character that says stuff like that. What kind of boy like did you that. raise there, Kay? <laughs> he should, Ma, go ahead and tell him what kind of a boy you raised. A very good one. Are you sure? Yes. Oh, I'm okay. bewildered a little. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Move on, Michael. <laughs> Ma, don't you want me to say that you're here to sign books again? Yes. And and, um, and if you want to pick up a hat, if yes. you want to pick up a, a, a Made in America uh -huh. canvas reusable tote bag, and only $10.80 each for the hat or the tote bag, $15 for the first book, five, one five, not five oh, fifteen dollars $15 for the first right. day's book. And, and there, and you will, you will inscribe it. I mean, you yes. will actually not only write your name, but you'll write something that the people direct you to write okay. to themselves or to somebody that they're going to give the book to right. as a gift. Okay. All right. Now wait a minute. Here, I better turn off their microphones. So, because I want to finish with you here. You saw Pharmacist Ben's program last night, didn't you? Yes, and it was excellent. All right. Now, there are people who are coming down to the radio station. I think I see a couple of them up front now. Yeah, hi there. Uh, and, and last night we made a special offer to people who attended the Pharmacist Men's show. If you sign up 
for one time ten dollar fee as a as an associate in Longevity, and pay it one time ten dollar fee and buy a healthy start pack and get on ownership, which you can get off of if you don't like it at any time. You will get for free an additional healthy start that's pack. I, I, what, what did you say? Man? I said that's a heck of a deal. You can't turn it's that. It's an one incredible. Out. Yeah, and and so they sold out. You yeah. like in in like the blink of an eye, and so. A lot of the people have to come down here to pick up their free Healthy Start Pack. Now, if you didn't buy it already, we will extend the offer. So if you come here, Justin and, and Tara are, are are here, and they will be able to take care of you and sign you up. And, and I'm going to stay for a little bit and gr- meet and greet also. Yeah, so before you have to blast off. Before so that'll be good. Uh, if you want to get a free Healthy Start Pack, you know, buy one, get one free. We've never offered that because these things are like $125. That's a heck of a deal. Yeah. So, um, if so you want to. So, how much is the first one? $125. Okay. Okay. And then plus $10 to sign up as a distributor. Right. Okay. And nothing to get on auto ship. Right. And, you know, you uh, and know, then you get the free second healthy start pack. We've never offered this. Anytime's the best deal you'll ever find. You know what else? And I, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. But if you give away some of your Beyond Tangy Tangerine or some of your uh, essential fatty acids, I'm shrinking in this chair here. <laughs> um, you can write it off. It's a tax write-off if you pay that $10 fee. It becomes a business expense. That's right. right That's so. right. And, and this is we've never really pushed the business opportunity on KSEO. People have listening have been hearing about you know taking charge of your health and longevity products. Products are really good in this and that. Get on auto ship, but we've never really promoted the business opportunity. And when you have people like Ben Fuchs, Doc Wallach, Dr. Peter Glidden, uh, Dr. Corey Gold, people who are really good speakers working to help you grow your business. I mean, you got a winning combination. I mean, it just doesn't get much better than that. And I should tell you, I'm Michael. You know this, but anybody out there listening, I'm willing to travel. I'm willing to participate in any way to help people move their product and grow their business. And that's part of what I do for Longevity, just gratis. Yeah, and everything is free. We, we free. never charge. We never charge for the meetings. There's enough really good information that we should charge, maybe ten or twenty dollars, but we don't do that. Because we want people to understand, we want people to, right. to 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 learn and be educated, and then make an educated purchase if they feel like it. But there's no pressure to do so. That's right. You know, yeah. a lot of people Ever. came yesterday. They're not involved with the longevity, and they benefited just as much as anybody else did. Right. Exactly. So anyhow, come on down if you want to uh, uh, get a case book, uh, get a book, uh, get get a tote bag, get a uh, KSCO hat, get a bumper sticker, uh, and our new retro stickers. Oh my God, they're great. 2300 Portola Drive, and meet Ben Fuchs, because you'll be here for I'm another gonna, half I'm hour. I'm going to stay hang out at the table. Yeah. Thanks so much, Michael. Okay, thank right. you, Pharmacist Ben. Now, uh, I think it's time to officially um, start the program, and that's what we're going to do right now, this minute. Good morning, a brighter day is here. Good morning, may we bring you cheer. We've got time, we've got tunes, we've got time, tunes and temperatures. Get up and go, it's today you know on KSCO Radio. One of the reasons everybody loves your favorite radio station, AM 1080 KSCO, is because I forget to turn off the microphone quite frequently. Like I just did when I told our guest to pull the microphone closer to his face. Anyhow... Welcome to the Saturday special on your favorite radio station, AM 1080 KSCO. We're going to be on the air right up until 12 noon. 
And we are going to interview someone who's written a very interesting book. Good morning. Now stay right here on KSCO Radio. With a fanfare like that, I mean, you know the guest is is someone very special. Dr. John Brady, Ph.D., comma, D, period, crim. Welcome to KSCO. Yep. Welcome yeah. back to KSCO. Yeah. Th- thank you, Michael, and thank you for inviting me down, and, and hello to you you and uh, Kay. Yeah, how you doing? Now, John and I, we, we've been acquainted for years, and we're sort of neighbors. You know, we're sort of neighbors. Uh, and John has been on the Saturday special before. It's a long time ago. Yeah, a couple um, of years, I think. Oh, too, too long. Five or more, easily, well, easily. You, yeah, you, your memory slips sometimes. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. pull the microphone <laughs> up a little, a little higher, a little higher. Okay. You're good. Maybe Is that better. A, a little closer. I've been teasing okay. him that he looks just like Walt Disney. Now, and and he doesn't believe me, but people should to tune in to KSCO. Um, uh, people should tune in to KSCO.com and watch our um, our video. Except, where's the video cameras? Are the video cam? Did someone take the video cameras? Uh, yeah, I guess we're not even on. So forget what I said. I don't know what happened here. Did someone steal our whole system while we were gone? Uh, you know, over the Aaron. Did you hear that? Yes, they were missing when I came in this morning. Uh huh. Okay. Well, so much for that. There goes our, our, our <laughs> foray into into video. Uh, yeah. Well, you have, a, but but it's only pointed at you, John. You know. Well, yeah. Can that's I turn true. it around and point it at me and point it at Kay? Would that be okay? He brought his own. Uh, the 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 angle is pretty narrow on it. Oh. So. Okay. All righty. Um. So, um, yeah, welcome to the Saturday special here. And you've written a book Thank called you. Why Rich Women Shoplift When They Have It All. Now, the, apparently, if you've, you're a psychologist. Right. And, and you've been practicing for how many years in Silicon Valley? Twenty-five. So you wouldn't have written this book if it wasn't a, a, an amazing um, phenomenon that, you, that most people would not believe. Yeah, it is an amazing phenomenon that there are so many people that are shoplifting these days and just historically. But recently, there's this, this condition has reached epidemic proportions where there are, are millions of people shoplifting every day. Uh, every every 10 minutes, there's 2,500 thefts in, in the United States. The, the, the total, the, the gross loss to retailers is phenomenal. It approximates $30 billion a year. And interestingly enough, the, this $30 billion is the same, is the same amount spent by prevention in, with retail stores to try and curb shoplifting. The, the problem is it doesn't work. The, the area that, that I deal with are people who are affluent and for some reason they choose to steal. 
so that they become morally compromised and somehow drift into this zone of theft, as I call it. Well, when, when did you, I mean, <clears throat> did you discover this a long time ago? Well, it, it, you decided that you it, need to write a book about it? Or well, it, it's funny, because back a long time, actually, when I was in graduate school at Berkeley, <laughs> I needed money like every graduate student did. And I saw an ad for, as a store detective, a, a loss prevention person would be called today at a, at a big retail store in Oakland called Bonds. So I, I took this particular job, and the people that hired me thought because I had a background in criminology that I was very, very well-versed in, in all the techniques of, of shoplifting, which I knew very little. But I learned on the job about shoplifting, and that was probably my first real entrance or interest into the shoplifting area. Uh, of, of real import in that story is that most of the stealing was done by the employees, even though management management call, called me in to find out who was stealing, and we found out that the preponderance of it really was the employees. So it was a very interesting experience, and it was my first real-world view into shoplifting. Hmm. Um, and so how did that affect you? Well, that affected me because I, I, w I was very interested in in studying people who steal. The, historically, you, you've written the, other books, right? Yeah, yes, I have on on, on, the, the on, on drug, drugs and, and okay. other kinds of of behavioral addiction also. But I was just interested in it because there wasn't that much written, particularly on why the wealthy steal. The, the interesting thing is that in my practice in, in Silicon Valley, many of the people referred to me were wealthy people, wealthy women in particular, not other kinds of people. This is not to say that, that I would discriminate against other kinds of shoplifters because I've seen a wide variety of both men and women. It just seems that these people were the ones that came to my attention. The, the interesting thing is I always knew that why they were there, because they were facing criminal charges, their defense attorneys would refer them, and some of the really top defense attorneys in, in San Jose have referred many shoplifters to me. The The question that, that I couldn't answer and the shoplifters couldn't answer is, why did they do it? Why would people risk everything when they live in a 20-room mansion in Atherton to steal pantyhose at Safeway at 4 o'clock in the morning. It didn't make any sense. Why did you... <clears throat> I mean, did you ever figure out why? Every case is different. There is really no single profile. There are certain kinds of, of trends. There are certain kinds of psychological forces which trap these women into the shoplifting zone that they cannot escape. So it becomes an addictive... It's really an addictive process that become circular and once they're caught in it they can't get out which is very similar to drug addiction and other kinds of behavioral addictions hmm all right so and now it is <clears throat> shoplifting is of course addictive right i mean it's a it's a form of addiction but then maybe that's a more recent interpretation the the classical interpretation was that it was was kleptomania the diagnosis, and everybody, that was a popular term, pejorative, but popular, where people said, you know, she's a klepto, she stole stuff because she has kleptomania. I, but, have, a, I have an answer, I think. You do, Ma? Yes. Oh, what is it? I think it's a thrill, a psychological thrill. 
that well, talk into the microphone. Yeah, that uh, that forces a woman to behave like that. Would you ever behave like that? No, I don't think so. Okay, good. Well, I, Kay, I, I think you, you, you put your finger on one of the prime motivations is the thrill aspect is interesting because many of, the, of these women are depressed. Yes. When they steal, they, they become more euphoric, more stimulated, and guess what? The depression goes away. And they feel powerful. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and what happened? What happens prior to that is that they they felt powerless. Yes. They felt that they weren't in control of their lives. And one of the the themes of the book is how people, when they go into the shoplifting zone, how they lose control over their lives. And an interesting point is that many of these women who who have come to me previously, they were treated or under psychiatric care. Yeah. The psychiatric community, their single answer to shoplifting is to medicate these women. Oh. So that, that, that is, is their, seemingly their answer, which is kind of similar to what pharmacist Ben was talking about. Yes. Is, is the, the sole answer for every problem. In other words, there's a, an ill for every pill, and they see shoplifting as being a disease process. Whereas it's a it's a highly involved psychological process, as I was discussing with Michael yesterday. So you guys keep talking. Okay. I'm trying to put the camera on. So the I, I think the theme of, of thrill is really interesting because it relates to the the five stages in the shoplifting zone. Oh, tell and, us. And and what happens, Kay, is that. The, the woman feels in the anticipation phase like they have to do something. They're nervous. They're tense. They're upset. They, they move to a second stage, which is the neutralization phase. And, and what happens there is the person has to neutralize their ordinary constraint against not stealing and then decide, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do it. The, the, the third stage is the actual shoplifting where where the thrill comes the where they're exhilarated where the where the forbidden fruit is picked so to speak mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the the fourth stage is the post exhilaration phase where they really feel good as they as they move through the fourth stage they go into the fifth stage which is you know this isn't working for me now i'm getting depressed all over again that that this wasn't enough of a sustaining thrill, so they start to steal again. So what happens? The well, what happens in traditional medicine is they become drugged with with certain kinds of drugs, actually six classifications of, of medications, and, and it really doesn't work. So they become more profoundly disabled and the and the condition continues that's terrible it, it is terrible and there and there's thousands of women that are victimized every day by psychiatry and it takes them a long time to where they can reach a point that they have somebody who will talk about their issues i mean i had one woman who recently started to steal she was a little bit older she went to see a psychiatrist. The psychiatrist immediately put her on Luvox because the psychiatrist said, this will stop your impulse control problems. 
What is Luvox? It's a it's a serotonin drug for depression. It's one of the many misused SSRIs are called. Misused because it doesn't work. That's right. It doesn't work, and in many situations, it makes the case worse. With with this woman, the the doctor failed to to go into her background, and she began stealing after the death of her son in Afghanistan. So there was a direct connection between the the son dying and her beginning to steal. This is a common theme also, which is a compensation theme that, that, that goes through these women's cases, where they really feel they have lost something, and in order to regain that or to reclaim it, then they steal. So steal. Wow. Yeah, so stealing becomes a, a symbolic act for them to the extent that they can compensate for their particular loss. Now, if if the doctor would have taken the time to talk to this very nice middle-aged woman, the doctor would have found out that the, the source of her, her stealing was this tragic loss of her son. Mm-hmm. So rather than, than putting her on Luvox or another drug... The doctor could have talked to her about her particular situation. One of the of the kind of unique aspects of of this disorder, and it's something I talked to Rosemary about yesterday, yes. is the notion that people that when some women derive a an erotic uh, component right. have an erotic component to stealing. As as odd as this might seem, that yeah. that they after they steal during the phase that, that you mentioned when they're in thr- the thrill stage, yes. sometimes after that they become very stimulated. And I told Rosemary about a case where a woman in Los Altos had stolen four hundred thousand dollars worth of designer purses from from. Every every major store, Saks Fifth Avenue, Nordstrom, etc. She stole these purses. She, of course, she never used them. She, she lived in a mansion, and one of the rooms in her mansion was what she called her treasure room. In the treasure room, she had arranged these purses on tables where it looked like a display from Saks Fifth Avenue. Uh-huh. When, when, when the police walked into her into her house with a war- to serve a warrant, they they were absolutely overwhelmed because they had to break down the this door of the of the secret room. They found all the these purses that were stolen. set up. The That's stolen. right. That that were, they were all stolen, and it was kind of interesting because when I saw the police photos, I showed them to my wife, and she was the jewelry manager at Nordstrom and she said my god this stuff has to be worth at least four hundred thousand dollars and she was absolutely right so here's a woman who stole four hundred thousand dollars worth of purses and what was her motivation it was a thrill but there was an erotic sense to the thrill and Michael wanted me to to read just a little bit concerning the erotic component that this woman I had. sure did. I just love erotic things. So that and that's particularly why I highlighted this to and brought it to Michael's attention. Right. So so quoting from my book, 
in, in chapter five, shoplifting can also be viewed as erotically charged, as an erotically charged form of deviant behavior, bringing with it a seductive theme, an element of seduction turning an irrational compulsion into a theft situation. Th- this one lady that we're talking about, she told me, Every time I stole a purse, my heart would be pounding, and I could feel the tremendous excitement. A sort of rush would go through me. Actually, it was like a thrill. The experience was but almost... Would, would it be orgasmic? To listen, what are you re- you're reading my book. It, huh? It's the next sentence. Oh. The experience was almost orgasmic uh-huh. for me. There was a buildup of tension as I contemplated the danger of the forbidden act. Then a rush of excitement at the moment of committing the crime, a final delicious sense of release. John, is it possible, is it possible that we are doing a disservice to humanity with this interview, giving people the idea that there is a new way to bring on an orgasm? By going out and stealing stuff. Well, actually, it's not a new way. The, 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 the notion of having a fetish has been around before you and I were around, even before Kay was around. This is an old. Well, I don't know about this, that. I mean. <laughs> this is an historic phenomenon in psychology where people attach sexual meaning to, to non-sexual objects. Obviously, with this woman, that's exactly what she did. She had her purses. She, she, would, would categorize her purses. She even had her favorites, almost calling them by name, that her special purses. When she touched these purses, she got erotic reinforcement. Why were they called purses? Why were they called? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it was just like a, a, a better word for a bag. But re- re- reading on concerning this lady's theft... Quote, the theft episode carries with it all the identified elements of a sexual act, including a heightened rush or flush of excitement at the moment of the stealing, followed almost immediately by a symbolic climax and then avoiding detection. The erotic game is symbolic, much the same as a sexual mating ritual exhibited during male-female courting process. The shoplifter participants account for their attraction to a particular object, stating that this image often suggests lovers trying to catch the attention of each other's eyes across the room. Mrs. Dow, the the woman in question here, told me that she had her most revered purses, considering them her favorites, just stopping short of naming them. So she, in, in her shoplifting zone, in, in the stage that produced the thrill that you mentioned, Kay, mm-hmm. she had a sexual thrill as well as a other kinds of reinforcement that reduced her depression. So theft, really, uh, au contraire to to what Michael said, is actually good for those kinds of, of people. It reduces their depressive states. This is... I have to turn my microphone here. Is is shoplifting a control issue? 
do, do people get into it because of you know the control factor? You know what I'm saying? Well, that's that, that that's very much part of it. One of the variables that I, that I looked at with about a hundred women is a sense of do they have control or don't they have control of their lives? And what I found through the research using testing is that they feel that outside forces push them around, regardless of how rich they are. Outside forces push them around, fate, chance, luck, being in the right place at the right time. So they, they abdicate control. One of the, of the theories that, that I have concerning shoplifting is that women want to get back into control. Let's say they don't have control in the relationship. Let's say they don't have control over their children. One minor way to compensate for that loss of control is to steal. This, the secondary part of it is after I steal, I also get reinforcement. My depression goes away. And in this woman's case, she got sexual arousal. Hmm. All right, we're talking with Dr. John Brady himself. He is a Ph.D. psychologist and a D.Crim. What's D.Crim mean? Doctor of Criminology from Berkeley. Oh. So I studied both psychology and criminology, and a lot of that information is helpful to put this get together. Because you have to realize, number one, shoplifting is a crime. Yeah. Okay, it's either petty theft or it can be charged as grand theft. Yep. But it's a crime. And the other, other cases that, that I have with larceny, embezzlement, those are also crimes. But there, there's a similar psychological theme that runs through these women. One of those is the issue of, of control. The other is, as was the case with the lady that lost her son, is to get something back. Over, they're compensating for a loss in something in their life. I mean, I, I've had women shoplifters who were passed over for a promotion in a job. The rather, they hadn't been shoplifters before then. They, that that the, sent them over uh, the edge, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh -huh. so, so in order to, to compensate for that, they began to shoplift to get some control back over their life. And, and they were pretty angry about it in lots of cases. W one of the major issues with the classification of shoplifting by psychiatry is that they preclude some of the most critical areas of theft which is anger and vengeance these people are angry this lady was angry she lost her job she wanted to do something she felt blocked she she couldn't do something to the employer so she went out and she stole things and this how were, i'd like to ask how were they punished once they were found out the, the, that's a good question. The, actually, the statistics on shoplifting is that people, women, I'm talking about specifically, they steal approximately 50 times before it's ever brought to anybody's attention. Then? Then they can, then they, it's, it's almost in a, in a, in a short term sense, first offender, it's almost like a fix it ticket. Or a sickness? No, no, a, 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 a ticket. The, the, the criminal courts don't recognize this a, as a sickness. So the, the defense attorney will call me in to say, why don't you fix Mrs. Jones because she's had seven prior arrests. Oh, what, what, why don't you fix her so she won't end up in prison? So? so and do you typically? 
typically we we try and get the person off of medication and then use certain kinds of therapy what what i was going to say is that uh about six months ago a a very attractive woman was referred to me who had seven prior convictions because you asked what happened to them she has seven prior convictions for shoplifting the the sixth one she was sent to Chowchilla uh, in the California penal system for three years. Three years she was confined to the, the California Adult Authority. As a criminal. As a criminal because she was shoplifting. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, her addictive process, she couldn't stop it. Oh, and she wasn't cured. She wasn't. She was nowhere cured when she came to me. She had undergone medical treatment while she was in in the Department of Corrections, which was basically involved the use of drugs. But she never fully talked through why she stole. So that's a, you know, it's kind of an answer. What happens to these people? Yes. It, it can result in a prison term, which which is not good for anybody concerned. And it doesn't cure them. No, it it, it doesn't cure them. I mean, the, the, the prison and, and psychiatry generally tend to increase the person's impulses to steal rather than decreasing their impulses to steal. <laughs> That's interesting. All right. And you're listening to the KSCO Saturday special on your favorite radio station, uh, and if it's not your favorite radio station, welcome aboard because you obviously could not have been listening for much. You must, if it's not your favorite radio station, it's got to be the first time you've tuned in. My name is MZ. My mom Kay is in the studio. Dr. John Brady is our special guest, the author of Why Rich Women Shoplift When They Have It All. Yes, and this is available. Uh, all the all the bookstores, yeah, or, or Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and then uh, on JohnCBrady.com website. Would you prefer people bought it from your website? Do you make more money that way? I How do. does that work? I do. Uh huh. Yeah, that it would be fine. I mean, the the, uh, <clears throat> the the message is one that lots of people can profit from. It do, it doesn't really matter how women get this book. It's just a matter of them getting it. Lots of times when when I have patients, I will use the information in the book to help with their treatment. And also lots of times uh, I do this kind of of treatment pro bono because I'm interested. I'm not interested in getting wealthy from shoplifters. I'm interested in helping them and to teach them a different non-drug-related solution to becoming more fully productive. And tell right, to, us about that. To, to all you shoplifters out there, take note. <laughs> no, really, I'm okay. serious. There are lots of people from all well, walks of life, well, even shoplifters, one, who listen to the KSU Saturday one special. One in 11 people have stolen something. Okay? So there, there's, a, there's a large universe. There's 30 How, million people that steal every day. Is there any data or any statistic on... On how one out of how many people steal something regularly? <laughs> well, you, look like you look a little guilty there. No, not okay. me. No, 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 no. I would. I've never stolen a thing in my life. I can honestly say that. 
I was scared bleepless to even think about it because, you know, mom and dad, you know, right, they said right. they will, they will cut off your, you know what, maybe your finger or my finger, <laughs> my gonads, <laughs> my head. Yeah, right. They will make it very uncomfortable for me if I ever stole anything. So I never had the guts to do that. By the way, we found our cameras. They were not stolen. That that would have been that would have been poetic or whatever. Here we're doing a program right, on right. shoplifting or theft. Right, and somebody stole and, the and, and I look at the camera. I look at the cam- and Billy, Billy, our our our, our chief tech, you know, uh, extraordinaire here. He came and I have he good found- news and bad news. What is it? The good news is I found the cameras. They're heated up and and they're activated. The bad news is I can't seem to locate the password to make it go to the stream. So we're looking at it at night. The nice picture in here in the studio, but I'm not. I have. I'm still trying to figure out how to get it out of here. All right, I'm uh, working on it. I'm going to give you the phone number of John C. Graham. Okay, uh, maybe you can call him. I'm not going to give it out on the radio. No, I, that's what I was going to say. I'll write it. I'll write it down. And maybe. Oh, no, you know what you could do. You know what you can do. You should call Son or Al, Doctor and Mrs. Future, even though. They're they're in Maui enjoying the, the the second half of their fabulous vacation. You know, I'm sure they wouldn't mind being interrupted for such a reason, because I I was going to I'm looking into the camera and I'm smiling, and I was just going to give our, our audience an opportunity to win a free canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine 2.0 by telling them what I'm doing to the in front of the camera. Well, right then now. if you would write Mrs. Future's number down, I will. Call her. Okay. Because you have the magic telephone with every number you've ever... Okay. Three... No. Two... Four... Oh, no, no, no. Don't say that. Uh, okay. I'm just... I can, I can say the prefix. Two, four, six. <laughs> and then two... Okay. And here's for, here's for Dr. Future himself. Uh, three, three, two... Uh, three, uh, okay. Dr. Future F. Mrs. F. So call them up and ask them for the damn password so people can... In the meantime, if anybody wants to call 479-1080 in Area 831 and take a guess about what I'm doing... No, either what I'm doing in front of the camera that Billy says is not going out. It's, it's fired up, but it's not going out because we don't know how to make it go out. Or what color shoit I'm wearing. Call 479-1080 and talk to Aaron. And by the way, if you want to call 479-1080 and get on the radio with us and talk with Dr. John Brady, it's not every day we get a real live D.Crim on our phone, on our radio station. How many times, how many times has it happened? Probably the only other time is when you were on, probably five or seven years ago. and uh, so if you want to go on the air and ask and ask Dr. John Brady uh, any question about why uh, rich women shoplift or why you might have a, a pressing urge to shoplift after hearing this program, feel free to call 479-1080. That's an area 831. Or you can email mz at ksco.com. Okay, and I'm going to bring up that email box right now. Now, what were you going to say, John? I was going to say, is back to to Kay's questioning about thrill seeking. That's one of the categories that that I highlight in the book. So I I want you to look at that in the book that I give you because you're you're uh, you're right on with that. 
So there are there are approximately 16 different categories uh, of shoplifters. The woman we just talked about, who was the had the the home and collected the Coach purses, uh, Coco Chanel purses, she was what I call the trophy shoplifter. So she stole high end goods. And she collected those kind of in, in a, in a, like a hoarder in a certain way, but she collected these expensive purses that she stole rather than low end items. Most women shoplifters steal very inconsequential things, such as makeup, lipstick, pantyhose, etc. So in, in, the, in the trophy shoplifting category, one of the, the factors that I, that I discovered is that many of these women want to be punished. Interesting. So they want to be punished for something that they perceive they've done wrong in their life. Were they women of the same age, would you say? Young women or middle-aged well, or the, older the, the, women? That's a good point. The the older they get, of course, the, the more they, they, they have to feel guilty or sad about. Yes. But the, the theme is the same. that They feel that they need to be punished because they've done something wrong. Uh-huh. Uh, a woman arrested in Palo Alto, at, as I said, at Safeway at 3 o'clock in the morning, stealing pantyhose. She she and, and the this the loss prevention person didn't know should we go out and, and arrest this woman or not arrest her. There's nobody else in the store at three o'clock in the morning, so they decide to go out and just talk to her. They tap her on the shoulder, and she immediately turns around, puts her hands up, and says, "Go ahead, shoot me." Oh, she wanted to be punished. She wanted to be punished, so she said, "Go ahead, shoot me. I deserve it." So here's a woman, upper middle class, fabulous family. She, she has three priors for stealing. She's at Safeway, and she's got has her hands in the air and says, "Go ahead, shoot me. I deserve it." The, the this this phenomenon this phenomenon isn't about people that need bread or people that need their next meal. This is a different typology of shoplifter. And nobody's denying that there are certain kinds of shoplifters that really need to steal to survive. They have I mean, compulsions. I, yeah, I, I, I understand that. But what we're dealing with are people that have impulse control disorders that are fueled by psychological events that they have no control over, which is back to the issue of every shoplifter I've talked to, I asked them, I would say, Mrs. K, why did you do it? Uh-huh. And invariably, they would say, I don't know. Uh, w- when I was uh, talking to pharmacist Ben, he said, well, what about cases like Winona Ryder? Yeah. The, I mean, yeah. See, see the, the issue is that she didn't know. Why would she go into Saks Fifth Avenue and Rodeo Drive in, in L.A., in Beverly Hills, and steal $6,000 worth of clothing? My hypothesis is that she still doesn't know why she did it. She's still confused about it, and she isn't alone. When you have these people who have, seem to have everything, when you, 
when therapy begins, you, you find out that they perceive that they really have very little in terms of psychological and, and human worth. So in order, to, in order to compensate for that, they engage in these kinds of behaviors. So your, your typology of the, of the thrill seeker is, is a very important one, which, uh, which I deal with. The, I, oh, go sorry, ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I, under, I, I understand. I, not, not to you know, not to interrupt you when you're on a roll here. But uh, Aaron, did anybody uh, call with a correct answer here? I believe uh, Carrie in Watsonville would like to take her hand at that. What was it? A guess? It was a guess, but she would like to affirm the answer with well, you. Well, it doesn't need to be a guess now because Billy advises me that he's discovered the password and we are now streaming live. But if Carrie wants to take a guess. Uh, we, we can give her that opportunity. Carrie, welcome to the Saturday special. You're on the air. Oh. Well, since we no longer need guesses, perhaps I could ask a question regarding the subject instead. Oh, oh well, I mean, you, you can take, what was your guess, just out of curiosity? Well, I was going to guess a uh, blue shirt. <laughs> so, but listening while I was while I was listening, I just had a thought. I wish we had a buzzer, one of those th things that goes, meh. <laughs> but we don't. So, but that had to suffice. People understand. Okay, go ahead and ask the question again. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. What an obnoxious no host problem. I am. No, no, you, you're getting over it. You're getting better, though. Thank you. Do <laughs> you think that people who are compulsive shoppers have a very similar reason for compulsively shopping? I mean, that, that's, a, that's a really good point. And what we find is that people who have recovered from shoplifting as a behavioral addiction, they find that shopping, after they have gone through the treatment, becomes a benign and safe way to, not, not, no pun intended with the store, but becomes a, a, a good avenue for them to, to, to engage in, in buying behavior in a store which is socially acceptable. So as a with uh, the other way around as a gateway, it is a possibility that compulsive shopping, especially if it reaches certain a certain magnitude such as with as a hoarder like the lady with the purses, then that's indicative of something worse to follow down the road. Uh, did that satisfactorily answer your question, Carrie? Very interesting. Thank you, yes. Okay, thank, thank you, you for calling the Saturday special. That opens up a line at 479-1080. That's in area 831. If you want to participate via email, you can email mz at ksco.com. During the program now, because I've got my email box open, <laughs> and I want to thank Bon in Nevada for his email. MZ, due to the erotic content, I am keeping <laughs> Tiffany away from the malls. <laughs> bon, and it shows a picture of Tiffany, whom I've never seen his lady here, presumably. Ooh, yeah, no, I can, you know. Okay, so anyhow, um, let's see who's next. Might that be, who's been waiting the longest? Carmen in Watsonville? No. Dwayne in Santa Cruz? Perhaps. Carrie in Watsonville? Well, we're done with Carrie. Grace in Lippin? Lippin? Wait a minute. I've never even heard of Lippin. Grace. 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 Grace and Lippin. Hung up. What's the problem here? 
Why did Grace hang up when it, when she was just on the air? Just because I hadn't heard of Lippin? It's in Area 209, I think, according to the caller ID. But uh, mm-hmm. All right, so let's see. That leaves Carmen or Dwayne. Now, Dwayne's been waiting longer. So, Dwayne in Santa Cruz, you're on the air on KSCO. Yeah, uh, uh, you're wearing a green T-shirt. And and what else am I doing? Uh, right now, you're, you're at the turntable. The camera's pointing at the turntable. Oh, no, wrong. No, but, but you know what? It's probably because of net congestion and net <laughs> delay. Uh, so, <laughs> okay, but you're correct about the green T-shirt. Now, Dwayne in Santa Cruz, da, 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 you win a 50 or $55, I forget which it is, canister of BTT, Beyond Tangy Tangerine, the greatest multivitamin mineral supplement that's ever been created. Right. Now, and it really, really does work. It will make you feel better uh, if you don't feel good. If you feel great, it'll make you feel even greater. I mean, you know, just the way it works. Now, how do we verify? Well, I know what we should do. Let's come up with a code before you hang up. Let's okay. come up with a code that you can tell people so that anybody do- can't yeah. just walk in and say that they're Dwayne and Santa Cruz. I want my free BTT. Okay. Uh, what will my, the code be? I'll give you my card for my YouTube channel. <laughs> okay. okay. What's that? Uh, DWDE115. Excellent. So... Yeah, that way nobody will be able to tell that that you're. <laughs> See, I, I, people are laughing because they think I'm so clever. They think I'm so clever. I've come up with an ingenious way of making it so that the whole town doesn't show up at KSCO uh, to claim their free BTT. I've set you up with a split screen, so now you're guest and you're both on the stream out. Cool. Oh, yeah. But now I'm hearing echoes. I don't know. Anyhow, Dwayne, thank you very much, and okay. thank you for sharing your code with me. I hope no... Okay. no wait a minute. Wait a minute. If you shared it with me, you shared it with everybody else. Yeah, but it'll be... Could that be why you guys were laughing? Oh. <laughs> Anyhow. All righty. Yeah, now, well, come on down. Thanks for, for uh, winning. I'm going to start asking more difficult, trivial questions. I'm uh-huh. trivi- trivia uh, questions. Uh, do you have a question for, for Dr. John while you're on the air here? Uh, not right now. No. Like okay. A, uh, well, you can always call back. But okay. Thank you for calling, Dwayne in Santa Cruz. Here's Wendy in Ben Loman. Welcome to the Saturday special, Wendy. You're on. Hi. I just wanted to put in there as a, another kind of treatment. You know, there's shopping as part of the retail equation. But especially in a small town like this, there's retail job fame. And you have no idea until you've experienced it when you walk into a place and suddenly people are starting to talk about slugs because you worked at Osh Nursery. It's like, it, it's huh? a nurturing environment. Yeah, it, it's amazing. You know, the people that you go, everyone in this town goes to for help is the person in a retail store. It is, it, it, it's the nexus. It's, we get everything from retail, you know, whether it's online or not. These are our bonded relationships. If you're a shoplifter... You know, maybe you know the, the store might want to know it, but uh, no, that, that, it's a no, good no, place that, to that, be. That's a that's a really interesting point, point. And, and one which uh, uh, I address in, in my book, which is people. If I'm getting your 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 uh, meaning correct here, people who are disconnected, who are alienated, who sometimes are, are friendless or or they have difficulty meeting friends. They then connect with people 
for example, in the retail area? Absolutely, and everyone. People who have uh, very intense jobs who, who don't have a lot of time to socialize. You know, those, you know they, have, they have to have money to be going into the stores usually, or at least appear to. <laughs> Except some of the shoplifters, <laughs> but, but that's okay. Oh, yeah, they're hard to, they're hard to spot. No, and but then, that, you know, yeah, yeah th- that's a, that's a really interesting point, and, and one that I do address in the book, which is the sense of alienation and how people are moving away from each other really enhances all kinds of social pathology with, with the with the digital world, with people tied into into phones, texting, uh, the you know, and they feel that they're really connected to people, but that connection is really synthetic. They don't have anywhere to turn. They may befriend the person in Orchard Supply because that's the only person they can really humanly connect to. It's, it's pretty, it's, it's, it's shocking how, how much they need you. That's, that's exactly right. And, and yeah. how, how needy they are, isn't that right? Absolutely. Yeah. Wendy, Wendy, I have a question for you. <laughs> Who are you really? Oh, uh, well. I mean, you ask such a such an intelligent question. Yeah, very. Actually, uh, a lot of it comes from um, my my parents uh, and worked with the family business, which was transport refrigeration. We had a large dealership, and I had kind of a, a view of what it was to be on the owner class. And I realized that everyone was having more fun than me. And going to a job. <laughs> You know, you can learn so much in a university, but you learn a heck of a lot as soon as you work at Bay Photo. Oh. <laughs> you know, uh, well, I that's, actually... That's the topic for a whole program oh, unto yeah. itself. Oh, yeah. If you want to learn, go to where you what you want to learn and, and try to get into it. You don't care what you're doing because you love it. Uh-huh. Well, you know, so, sometimes yeah. the, the, the retail sales clerk, you know, setting aside the shoplifting thing, they become sort of a surrogate therapist. That the per- oh my gosh! The, 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 the person will come in and they will tell them all the, these personal things that that they wouldn't tell their spouse or their children or, or their neighbor or relatives. They just suddenly have this outpouring of emotion concerning something that happened in their life, and and it puts the the retail salesperson kind of in a, in a tenuous situation. Do I respond to this? Don't I respond to it? Oh, it's difficult. Th- and this is great. You know, hold on. I hate to do this, you guys. I hate to do this, too. but we're, 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 in the, we're in the tail end of the program today. Uh, not the program, but the hour. So, Wendy, if you want, if you got more questions for Dr. John, we'll hold you over. I, I think I said my piece. Okay, and I great. Thank you very well, much. Thank well, you thanks. very much for your call to the great, KSCO great Saturday special. Aaron, um, do, do, do we, we got a five-minute K's commentary coming up, yeah? Already. Okay, and so this is KSCO Santa Cruz, Salinas, Monterey, San Jose. It's 11 a.m. CBS News, I'm Pam Coulter. Two oil slicks have been spotted, but no debris, so the fate of the missing Malaysia Airlines plane is still unknown. It disappeared shortly after taking off from Kuala Lumpur on a flight to Beijing. It appears two passengers on the plane may have been traveling with stolen passports. Al Jazeera English reporter Neve Barker. We don't know, of course, whether or not this is directly related to the disappearance of the aircraft, but this is exactly the kind of information, the kind of details that the authorities uh, over in the Far East are going to be looking into as they try to piece together exactly what happened to this missing aircraft. CBS's Bob Orr. Officials have to be very, very careful to run down every potential lead and to rule in or rule out any possible scenario. At this point, they just simply can't rule anything out because they don't have a plane, they don't have any evidence, 
and they have a very incomplete picture of what must have happened. 51-year-old Philip Wood was one of three Americans on board. Ukrainian border guards say no one was hurt when one of their observation planes came under fire while patrolling near Crimea. And Crimea's parliament has set a referendum in about a week on breaking with Ukraine and joining Russia. CBS's Juan Zarate. If in fact the Crimeans have this referendum and vote to join the Russians, there is an argument on the Russian side that they are simply protecting the will of the people in Crimea. And so this is a challenge of both legitimacy and a crisis of power in Crimea. President Obama's in Florida, but today made a series of calls to European leaders about Ukraine. A hefty bond was set for the woman accused of trying to kill her children by driving them into the ocean at Daytona Beach. WKMG reporter Kala Rama. The judge said she could take uh, this case to a different judge and appeal the bond. But the judge set the bond at $1.2 million, basically $300,000 on each count for uh, first-degree attempted murder and 100000 for endangering a child. When temperatures warm up in the Midwest, all that snow has to go somewhere, and in Detroit, it makes the walking difficult. Damp socks, soaked boots as Nawana McKay walks home from her senior care job. And with two to four inches of ice water slushing all over the blacktop, it's impossible to avoid getting drenched. Can't walk really like on that because it's too deep or too soft or too wet and messing up all my shoes. The 21-year-old says what's worse is sometimes she's chilled to the bone by the time she opens her front door. How many times have you fallen? Like a thousand times. I'm so tired of falling. I feel like I'm getting old. Catherine Larson, CBS News, Detroit. Time to spring forward. Daylight saving time begins at 2 a.m. tomorrow. Time to turn clocks ahead and change the batteries in smoke detectors. This is CBS News. Hi, this is John Greenhut, the CEO of Paraswabs. And I know how important a great smile is in business and with loved ones. Having a great smile will increase the odds that your loved ones will get closer to you. And in business, that you'll impress that client. A recent study of 2,000 people said you can look up to 13 years younger if you have whiter teeth. If you want to erase yellow stained teeth in just five minutes a day, then try Paraswabs. What makes Paraswabs better is that it works on natural teeth and veneers. There's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes and you're done. In five minutes you'll see an average of two shades whiter teeth and in seven days, six shades. Call now and try it risk-free. Dial 1-800-663-7126. That's 1-800-663-7126. I guarantee your friends and co-workers will notice your new white smile. Get it risk-free. 1-800-663-7126. That's 1-800-663-7126. You have tuned in to KSCO AM 1080 and KOMY AM 1340, Santa Cruz, San Jose, Salinas, Monterey, Watsonville, four minutes after 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Today is Saturday, March 8, 2014, 66 degrees at KSCO Studios. Your friendly voice, Aaron Shore, with your local King of the Hill traffic and Central Coast weather. Taking a look at your roadways in and around Santa Cruz, all seem to be traveling up into the limit with no signs of any delay. Closure of a road has been set in place shortly after 10.30 this morning. This is at Soquel Drive and Rio Del Mar Boulevard in Santa Cruz. Due to electrical road 
work in the area. Again, Soquel Drive and Rio de Mar Boulevard. PG&E estimates closure of this area for two to three days. This is Soquel Drive and Rio de Mar Boulevard near State Park. Otherwise, all rest of Santa Cruz County is traveling up and to the limit. Also, Monterey and San Benito County, which covers Hollister and Gilroy, roadways traveling up and to the limit with no signs of any traffic hazards or collisions in the areas. Your northern Monterey Bay Central Coast weather forecast for today. Highs in the lower 70s, light winds becoming southwest 5 to 10 miles per hour this afternoon, 5 minutes after 11 a.m. Stay tuned for the commentary. Tay's commentary right here on KSCO and KOMY. Suppressions and reducing emotional eating by boosting serotonin levels. Oh, I'll turn this down. All right. You did it again. I know. I did. Jeez, God. You know, I should be fired. There should be no excuse for that kind of behavior after, after, with the kind of experience, so-called experience, that I have in the radio business. But anyhow, I'm sorry for pulling the rug out from under you. We'll do the case commentary right after this little progress announcement from Tara. Tara, you're here to supervise. I am. You're here to supervise the the, the incredible deal that we've offered from Ben Fuchs's thing last night. Yes. Where if you enroll in in Longevity as an associate, which means mm-hmm. you pay a one-time ten dollar fee. Mm-hmm. Correct. And then you get to be. If you want to do the business, you're not forced to do the business, but if you want to, you can. You can get your end, you end up getting your products for free and so forth. Yes. But if you sign up as an associate last night or today, or today, or today, one time $10 fee, and get on auto ship and buy a healthy start pack, $125, mm-hmm. you will be given another healthy start pack. For free. For free. Now, it doesn't get better than that. Now, it you, doesn't. Yeah, come talk closer to the microphone. Okay. Now, there there have been a number of people to claim what you couldn't deliver last night. Yes. But we also want to put out the word that if you come, the, the, the offer is being extended. Even if you weren't at Pharmacist Ben's talk last night, if you want to come by 2300 Portola Drive in the next hour, you guys want to stay here longer? How long will we you be here? We can be here... For a couple more hours, no problem. Okay, so, Signing people up, giving so, people info. So if you come between any time between now and 1 p.m., you know, which is an hour after the Saturday special ends, mm-hmm. you can talk to Tara and Justin, and they'll fix you right up for this incredible deal. Even if you never do the business or anything like that, it's worth it. It's <laughs> definitely time. worth it. I wish I had this deal when I started. <laughs> I know. Yeah, but some somebody somebody thought about it much too late. Yes. But better late than never, right? Okay, now I, we have I, – I, my bad. I said there's a five-minute K's commentary coming up. I know Billy edited it down to to four minutes, and he told me that you sound like you're, you know, in your 20s, like you're a lot faster as a result of it. So I want to put out to the audience. Now, this is sort of an ongoing bone of contention between my mom and me and and the staff here at KSCO. Mom says that there's so much stuff on this station, you know, a lot of good stuff, but a lot of not so good stuff. And nothing is as good as her commentary. So we shouldn't put limits of five minutes or any limit on her commentaries. 
and and she could be right about that. What do you think? Okay, if you call us at four seven nine ten eighty a little later, or email us at mz at ksco.com. Listen to this commentary that started out as a five minute commentary, and through the genius of Billy Graff, it's now a four minute commentary. And I don't think he took anything out. I think he just electronically sped everything up. But anyhow, um, what do you think of that? I, do you think my mom is right? That that it that there should be no limit to her commentary lengths, or do you, th <laughs> or do you think that I should enforce like a four minute limit or something? What do you think? Four seven nine ten eighty. Take it away, Aaron. The following is a KSCO commentary. Here is Kay's Whirling. I wrote this in July two thousand six, and it is in my book. So, when my husband and I and our two little cherubs came to Santa Cruz to live in 1947, my husband had recently been released from the U.S. Navy at Treasure Island. Coming from New York, this little slice of heaven was unbelievable, peaceful, and beautiful, a welcome bit of culture shock after life in the big city. The then two-page Sentinel News in Santa Cruz delighted us because the most exciting item of news was was that Mrs. So-and-so went over to San Jose yesterday. What a great place it was to raise a young family. MZ was born three years later, virtually with a radio in his little hands. He has always loved radio. At that time, many homes had intercoms in their rooms, and I would wake the children with KGO, one of the early trailblazers of News Talk Radio. The population then in the city of Santa Cruz was 12,500. People from the very hot valley used to come here to retire and finally die, but they didn't die easily because our climate was so moderate and life was peaceful and happy. In the 1940s, back east, many people died at the age of 60. So here again, it delighted my optometrist husband when a 75-year-old woman came to be examined. And when she was finished, she asked if he had time to examine her 95-year-old mother. All things considered, life was good then. People liked each other. Then came the university and the educated elitists and things changed. Some of the professors brought along their extended families and once they came, they wanted to close the gates of Santa Cruz. They also brought their new left philosophies and began to impose the same upon their students and the rest of us. Now, sometimes we endure vicious political polarization and the fanatic left only have elitist sense. A community can function only with common sense and the elitists do not like common. So, they wanted to stop growth, all growth. Therefore, in the past 40 years, no growth became the leader's agenda. They became business unfriendly, and we have been going downhill financially ever since. Our reputation in the country and the world has become totally negative, and we are totally broke. And now our elitist leaders want business to come back to Santa Cruz. How simplistic. Their arrogant, unreasonable restrictions and regulations have chased business away for decades. I must 
say that things are becoming more moderate in our beloved Santa Cruz. By the way, I never gave our city council or county supervisors the right to speak for me in the world arena by saying that ours is a nuclear-free zone and that peace is patriotic, whatever that means. These leaders were voted into office to fix the potholes and not wax global. And what gives them the right to say that the U.S. Navy is not welcome here in the Monterey Bay area on the 4th of July or at any other time. For years, they have been hiring experts for large fees to come and evaluate our problems. Well, the latest expert came and was paid $50,000 first to tell the city that the trouble with Santa Cruz is that it is business unfriendly. Duh! Many of us who live here have been telling that to our liberal leaders for years. So, this is the saga of foolish, misguided Santa Cruz political leaders and about growth, it becomes more crowded here every day. For KSCO, this is K-Swirling. Oh, hello, darling. I hate to hang up on you, but I'm sorry, baby, but I have to go. It's time for that wonderful record show. I'd love to visit, but you'll Right on, Ma. Boy, back in your old style. That's fantastic. Yeah, that was great commentary. Wonderful. Um, and so uh, stay tuned. We're going to be on the air for another 46 minutes. Don't change. I'm sorry, baby, but I really got to go to KSCO Radio. Now, Bodie, I know you know and, and like my mom a lot, but it surprised me to hear, to, you, because you're a liberal, you're a liberal. And, and during, right after you heard that commentary, you looked at my mom and gave her a thumbs up. I'm, I'm really surprised. Well, you know, I, I'm a liberal in search of a party. Uh, you know, I used to be a liberal Democrat, but, you know... Obama has and Feinstein and many others have ruined me for the Democratic Party. So, and you know the other thing is I, I'm trying to get away from all. I, I know the powers that be would love to have us all divided up into you're red, I'm blue, you're a Democrat, I'm a Republican. All the while, the agenda at the top of the corptocracy marches on whether you vote Democrat or Republican. Yeah, that's true. It's Tweedledum, Tweedledum. And, and I mean, it's just everything's not so black and white. I mean, uh, can I not be a liberal and agree with some things? Listen, that, I grew up being a liberal, and it meant something different. That's it meant, what I, it meant there you go. freer thinking, you, you know, <laughs> open you. attitude. And now it seems that liberals are just the opposite. It's the conservatives who have the, if anything, have the free. But I, I don't have any use for either of them, to tell you the truth. And that's why the radio station, KSCO, has to change dramatically pretty soon or die i mean that'll be the end of us if we keep doing this left wing right wing bull bleep you know it's enough already well that's where alex anyhow, jones comes in he, he knows that uh he gets you it. know the whole uh, paradigm of liberal democrat versus republican is becoming a farce and they're all on the same team at the top right so you you picked it did i turn you on to alex jones or did somebody else you did actually uh -huh, a few years ago yeah okay now for those of you who don't remember 
several weeks back, maybe a month ago, we had Bodhi on. Bodhi is my friend from uh, you know KSCO North Country, you know the Bay Area, who um, is a real trailblazer. He's got a wife and two beautiful, wonderful wife and beautiful children. Uh, seven, uh, seven and and nine. Seven well, nine. seven will be nine next month. Okay, uh, and um, and you are about to do something dramatic again. I mean, you you're one of these guys who isn't afraid to do all kinds of things. You were uh, before I knew you, you you owned a a, a a hang gliding company where you train people how to hang glide. This is uh, true, you know, and and we're able to get permits to hang glide over the city of San Francisco where nobody else had been able to do that, and things like that. Well, uh, the hang gliding was at Mount Tam, the ultralight. We had a ultralight with pontoons. We flew over San Francisco Bay and Alcatraz and the Golden Gate. And that was before I knew you. When I got to know you, it, you were a real estate broker who pioneered, you know, a concept of of, of auctioning properties. And getting pretty quick sales sometimes, but you know things happen, and we had the meltdown and the mortgage and everything, and that sort of had an effect on your business and you personally and so forth. And you're you're someone who who never lets anything, you you just embrace life and you enjoy everything and and, and jump at every chance to do something different and broaden yourself. You're one of the most well-read people I've ever met. You and Ben Fuchs probably are the two people that I know who read everything. You've read everything even before it comes out, it seems. Wow. I mean, I, I wish I could be like you guys. It's amazing. But anyhow, th- uh, about a month ago, you were on the Saturday special. You were on your way to, of all places, Ecuador, where you had planned to move your family, pending your checking the place out. You've since been and come back. You were there for a couple of weeks, am I right? This is true. And what did you determine? We fell in love with a little city called Cuenca. I say little. It's about a half a million strong. It's a pretty cosmopolitan town. It seems to be the favored location of all the uh, expats. Uh, it's about 10,000 expats in this city of half a million Ecuadorians. But it's just an absolutely charming little uh, uh, colonial gem with lots of five, six hundred year old, spectacularly beautiful buildings and just fascinating, vibrant culture with Ecuadorians and the indigenos, as they're called, the the indigenous, multiple different tribes of indigenous, and it's just a just a fascinating melting pot. We found a magnificent school. That the kids can go to our our children will be trilingual by this time next year, wow. speaking Spanish, French, and English. Um, presumably, they'll be at the top of their class in now, is English. Is this something you always wanted to do? Just go out on a pioneer thing, and you, and you you did a little research and you came up with Ecuador, or was there some other reason? Well, you know. I have. I did spend a couple of years living in Australia, so I definitely am interested in living overseas. Uh, ha- had thought about it, toyed with it in the last few years, but I'd say the the real genesis of it for us is has been a reaction to what we have seen on this political scene in the last six years. Which you know, I've I, I, I've lived in America all my life. I love this country. But I feel like somewhere along the line, I stumbled into North Korea. 
I just don't recognize the place. They're eviscerating our constitutional lawyer president that I voted for the first time only is eviscerating the Constitution. I mean, the list of things that he has done that are impeachable are incredible. And Did you come up with this on your own or after you started listening to Alex Jones? Well, you know, they say that people tend to listen to those that uh, confirm or verify their own beliefs. So I was already of the mindset that things were deteriorating badly. And when you introduced me to uh, to the Alex Jones show in the last few years, I just uh, began to listen and I found that the things he was alerting me to some many of them I were aware of. Others were astonishing, shocking, and so unbelievable that what I found over the last couple of years is that when I listen to that show, I do it with a notepad, and I probably spend, uh, you know, 50% or almost double the time I might listen to the show. I spend googling and researching the things that he's saying because I find them so unbelievable. I just can't believe it without personally verifying it, mm-hmm. and I have found that it is. I've been able to personally verify, I would say, about 99.5% of the things that he said. And it's just, it's shocking how things are deteriorating. And there are people who are close to you, you know, friends and and family, who think you're a nutcase now, huh? You know, I have actually had one of my nearest and dearest and oldest friends. I'm now 48. I've known this guy since we were 10. And you'd think he knows me, but... uh, I actually sent him uh, a letter that I thought was, or a piece that was written by Paul Craig Roberts, who's a former assistant secretary to the Treasury under Reagan, who was a frequent guest on Alex Jones' show. And the article was spot on, as far as I'm concerned, in analyzing what's happening with our economy, what's happening with the rising police state, what's happening with this uh, just erosion of our personal freedoms. The article is spot on. I sent this article to a friend, and he shot me back a letter basically saying, this guy is always on the Alex Jones show. Alex Jones has been branded as a hate speech person by the Southern Poverty Law Center. And I called him up, and I says, hey, look, well, <laughs> tried to say it. He didn't want to hear it. He wanted to lecture me that essentially I have become a right-wing conspiracy theorist nut because I'm listening to people that are even associated with Alex Jones, apparently, but didn't want to listen to me, the fact that I've listened to Alex Jones for the last couple of years, and I'm absolutely, unequivocally, 100% convinced he is not a racist. I mean, that's just a bald-faced lie. And if you listen to him for a period of time, you will find that that he is a, a decent honest, uh, caring person that couldn't care what color you are. He will judge you by the content of your character, not by the color of your skin. I'm 100% convinced of that. And all I wanted to do was share that with my friend. Oh, but no, the Southern Poverty Law Center said it, so it had to be true. There's nothing he wasn't even... I might as well have invited him to have dinner with the head of the Ku Klux Klan to see if I could persuade him to join the Klan. I mean, it was literally like, I mean, and I understand if I invited him to try to have dinner with the head head Klan member and see if I could persuade him, I could see where he might want to just shut me down and wouldn't be interested in listening. But that's what he did to me because I said I, I listen to some people that, that I listen to Alex Jones and I listen to people that are on Alex Jones. I'm branded now as a right-wing conspiracy nut. And what I realized at that point is that something Alex said is true, and that is, 
the Southern Poverty Law Center in in the in the fifties and sixties did some fantastic work. They they helped a lot of black uh, people, a lot of African Americans that were being very mistreated to to get some justice. But what somewhere along the line that group has been co-opted and it is now used as a tool. And that what that the way that tool works is if they brand you, thirty percent of America will not even listen. They won't even consider it. Is that all it is? Only thirty? I, I was maybe fifty. Maybe yeah. maybe a bigger number. I will just tell you this. I, I hate to say it, it, but I think it's more than thirty. Any self-respecting liberal Democrat, probably, if you are told that so and so is a hate speecher, the chances that you're going to then go listen to that person that has been branded with that scarlet H. Yeah. That's what we've been living with at KSCO for for almost a quarter of a century now. People say, how could you have that terrible Rush Limbaugh on your radio station? And you ask, well, have you ever listened to Rush Limbaugh? Well, I would never think of it. <laughs> so how do you know he's so terrible? Because, because of what someone else said? Exactly. Don't you have, a, don't you have a, a mind of your own? Anyhow, yeah, don't get me started. So. Yeah, so <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I, I, you know, I pretty much had to tell this friend, look, you know, I'm, uh, I'm willing to agree to disagree. I'm willing to have you tell me anything you want to tell me. But I am unwilling to have you brand me as a right-wing racist conspiracy theorist, as if conspiracy theorists alone is a bad thing. But I'm, I'm unwilling to be branded that way and not be able to respond. He hung up on me when I tried to, to basically say, I've listened to the guy for two years. He's not a racist. It's just not true. He wouldn't listen. So I wrote him a letter and I said, look, I, I value our friendship. But if our friendship is based on you telling, you know, you cramming your thoughts down on me and being unwilling to let me respond after you make a, a damning uh, assessment of me and I can't respond to you, then that's not really a relationship. So you let me know when you're ready to have a two-way. We can agree to disagree, but I cannot have you be unwilling to listen to me. That's not a relationship. And he's never contacted me since. Now, when did this happen? This happened about, I would say, six or eight months ago. Okay, so it was long before you made the decision to, you know, you're out of here, right? Uh, yeah, I think it was. It was before I had made the final decision to to move the family out, yes. And, you know, that decision, you know, before we made that decision, there was a lot of things we did to try to make a difference, you know. We went to many protests. We protest. We were part of the Occupy movement. We were part of the anti-Monsanto movement. We were part of the anti-war in Syria movement. And, you know, one of the things, and I'll tell you another one we were part of, and I think your listeners should be aware of, and by the way, I'm going to plug this if I can. It's uh, a meeting that's happening uh, at uh, regarding the National Defense Authorization Act, which was a, an act signed by Obama about two years ago. This was a pivotal day in Western democracy. This was the day that our constitutional law professor, uh, president, had an opportunity to veto and shoot down a bill that Section 1021 and 1022 of this NDAA allows the government to proclaim that any of its citizens, or any of non-citizens, anyone, but including American citizens, they can proclaim that you are a quote-unquote belligerent, and that is the words in the, in the document, that you are a belligerent to the United States, and that they believe you may be aiding or abetting uh, al-Qaeda uh, in some way, and they can throw you into a military prison anywhere in the world without a trial, and keep you there as long as they want to, and it is now a known fact that they will torture you in those military prisons. Wow. So that was a pivotal day in Western democracy. I was in downtown San Francisco with my sign 
to implore President Obama to veto that bill. There was 500 people with me. And in my estimation, there should have been 50,000 people with me. I've never felt so naked and alone on this most pivotal days in Western democracy to be out there with 500 people in a major metropolitan area. And I'm thinking to myself, everyone in this country is asleep or they're listening to CNN or MSNBC or they're somehow not getting the news. And I will say this, the woman that, that handed me this card that there's going to be a, a talk about this very act and repealing it, she was not at the at that uh she was not protesting on that day but she was unaware of it she's become aware of it so do, do seven think, think let me just throw this out 7 p.m. wednesday march the 19th uh doors open at 6:30 but 7 p.m. at 1900 17th street or excuse me 17th avenue in santa cruz there's going to be a talk about that with dan johnson they're going to be talking about the national defense authorization act and people need to get together and talk about what we can do, as Ron Paul said. What, what to, day of the week is that? I'm sorry. That is Wednesday, Wednesday March okay, the 19th. That would be the Freedom Forum, I think. Yeah, that's about the time they have the Freedom Forum because I recognize the address. So essentially what they're talking about in a nutshell, as Ron Paul said, is can we re-legalize freedom? You know, because it's definitely been... Uh, sort of put onto the periphery now your ability to have even a phone by the time you can't get on the phone and have a conversation without being recorded by the NSA which as you know from the the Snowden releases and multiple other NSA whistleblowers they are recording every phone conversation if I can't talk to my mother without it being recorded it's not a free country and I just don't want to raise my kids in an environment where I have to tell them when they get that first cell phone, be careful what you say because anything you say over the next 25 years is going to be recorded. And you may say something dumb when you're 15. It may make it impossible for you to be a congressman when you're 35. Or maybe you'll get to be a congressman, but you're going to get a tap on the shoulder from the NSA and they're going to say, hey, remember that time you did this or that little thing you shouldn't have done because you were young and stupid? Well, you can be a congressman, but you're going to vote the way we tell you or you're not going to be a congressman. So I just don't want to raise my kids in that kind of an environment. So this is, and again, I, I'm not renouncing my citizenship. We reserve the right to decide we've jumped out of the frying pan and into the fire and come back. But, you know, we want to at least take a breath of fresh air and 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 get out of this country and, and not be part of this giant war machine with this nonstop drone killings all around the world and the surveillance state. You, you got a lot of balls, my friend, and I salute you. Well, it's going to be an exciting I, I, adventure. I wish you all the best, and I know you got to you got to blast off around now here to get back to uh, where you need to be <laughs> in in plenty of time. I want to thank you, Bodie, and I want to give out. Uh, I wanted to give people an update, Doctor John. I don't know if you have any questions. You were nodding your head throughout the whole time. I don't know if you have any questions or comments for. Uh, I got a couple Bodie. extra minutes if he does. No, yeah. I think it, it, it's great. I mean, I, I am an Alex Jones aficionado, uh, also. And, and, and the man really has his pulse on so many different aspects of what's happening in this society. It's incredible. The, the take that I have is that all of these things will translate psychologically to people where, the, where they feel that they're more imprisoned, they're spied upon, they have no, no personal freedom in society. Everything is being taken away from them. It drives them more into this natural paranoid state which psychiatry has really picked up on and and, and oh has it, it i'm i'm happy to yeah, hear it. I'm, yeah I mean, well, well, yeah, I, yeah. no i'm not happy to hear it <laughs> well you can be happy or unhappy the the, the 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 issue is that once these people 
unbeknownst to themselves, experience these kinds of, of pressures, they turn to somebody for help. If it's psychiatry or the psychiatric community, then they are doped with, with certain kinds, six classes of drugs. It, it dumbs down society. It ties right into the entire situation with, that the government, let's say, is after, which is a, a less informed, less intelligent population of people who, in fact, have less ability to process new information because they're on psychoactive drugs. The, the really tragic thing, and the thing I can relate to Bodhi's story, is that his children, children now are, are the absolute victims of this kind of a tyrannical society, particularly when it's directed by the big pharma and the psychiatric community. So I also commend you to, for making your move. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, we, we just, uh, like I said, I love this country. Uh, I love the people of this country. I just, unfortunately, it seems like a large number of them are just flat out asleep. And I just don't want to be naked on the outer edges with my signs when I know that the, you know, the NSA and the Department of Homeland Security have made it really clear. They can't seem to find any Al-Qaeda terrorists. So what they're looking at is anyone that is at, in any way, if you're an environmentalist, if you're an anti you know, Monsanto person, anti-war, you know, anything not mainline establishment, you are a potential suspect. And, I, you know, like you said, it fosters paranoia. It, it, it can be crazy making. And we just want to take a breath of fresh air and not feel like we have to live under that kind of scrutiny, even if we don't have anything to hide. I, you know, I find, I find I'm monitoring what I say on the phone, and although I stay anti-establishment stuff on the phone, I, I always throw in every 30 minutes. I feel compelled to say, "I love Obama," <laughs> just to throw him off a little bit. You know, I throw that in. <laughs> Subliminal message. Yeah, I just throw that wow. in because I know they're listening, so at least I can know that 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 every 30 minutes, no matter what else I said, I love Obama. <laughs> Helps me sleep a little okay. bit. God, anyhow, so that's great. So I, I, I think I, I really wanted to have you give an update before you blast off. I wish you wouldn't, but you're going to do it apparently, and you will. In any case, you will, you will stay in contact with us as long as we're allowed to have um, inexpensive or free. Uh, communications. Skype, we can do even Skype As long interviews. as we're allowed to. As long as we're allowed. Yeah. Well, I think as long as you say I love Obama every 15 or 20 minutes, you can probably get away with quite a bit. <laughs> so, okay. can I suggest that you throw that out on the air? Just throw it out periodically. I love Obama. I, I can't force myself to do that. <laughs> even if you can, I can't. <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry. Well, just imagine how I feel. I voted for him the first time. Ma, come here. What is it you want to say? We're on the air now. But there, there are people here. What? <laughs> there are people out there. So what? Stop we're, it. we're on the air. We're on the air now. We're Would still you doing the program. Tell me if I can give them the pack that they bought. Well, where's where, where's Justin and Tara? They should be doing all that. In the back office. Yeah, oh, yeah maybe running the get back them. office and don't fall. Don't trip. Bless okay. her heart. Bless her heart. Yeah. Keeping the operation going. Yeah. Twenty three hundred Portola Drive. You, and you and you have until one o'clock. You have until one o'clock because Tara and Justin are going to be here to give you a free Healthy Start pack if you sign up. One time ten dollar charge as a, as an associate. You don't you don't have to do anything after that. It's just sort of like you get something for one hundred twenty five dollars for free, but you have to buy you have to buy what in order to get that one free. You have to sign up for auto ship. 
which you should be on for the rest of your life anyhow. But if you decide that you that you don't want to or it's too expensive or whatever, you can always get off the auto ship. And we're not going to take the free healthy start back away from you. Maybe we should make that a rule. No, 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 no. Forget that. Okay. Uh, there's nobody on the phone. Does that mean that we've driven everybody away? 479-1080 is the phone number to call. You, you were going to say, Aaron? I hope not. I hope we haven't. I think, I'd like to think it's riveting radio and people don't want to call 479-1080. But if they want to, to just say one more thing to, to Bodie, or say something to Bodie to send him off. Look at the thing. Just, I mean, I got just, a, I got a lot of factoids. If they want to know some of the things that are on my mind, why, you know, as far as this advancing police state, I'll give you one little nugget. This I'll throw this out there. You can't believe this is true. I couldn't believe it. Alex said it. I had to look it up because it was too incredible. There's a, a group in Ohio that was uh, that was actually uh, protesting the Keystone Tar Sands oil pipeline. And, you know, you can agree with that or not agree with it, but their hearts are in the right place. They are trying to fight for Mother Earth. They, and, and it is a fact that that particular type of oil production is the most devastatingly dirty, inefficient. you got to spend two barrels of oil to produce three. It's sulfurous. It's filthy. It's horrendous. But be that as it may, you can agree or disagree, their hearts are in the right place. They went to protest this. They created a banner. This happened about a month ago. They unfurled the banner. When they unfurled the banner, some glitter fell off the banner. The authorities saw that. They are charging them with hoaxing a bioterror attack. They're facing 10 years in prison. Now, they may or may not get 10 years, but they are being terrorized. They were out there following their conviction and expressing their First Amendment right to you know, uh, express their grievances against a terrible, terrible thing. And now they're facing a bioterror attack. But, if, if, you know, 10 years. Well, so this is the kind of thing that well, our well, government is doing. Yeah. Bodie, uh, Ron and Carmel wants to talk to you, as does Kurt in Scottsdale, as does Lowell and Soquel. Ron, you're first. Go ahead. Hi. I haven't listened to the whole show, but here's what I believe. If you want to take back liberty, you've got to run for office. And you've got to run for office in a smart way and take them back, take the, take the positions back. Uh, I was really disturbed yesterday. Um, I was at the elections board in all three counties yesterday, and as of about 1.30 in the afternoon yesterday, I asked how many individuals have signed up to run against Sam Farr. And I was told that at this point in time, I'm the only other person other than Sam Farr that's running for that office. We've got to get people organized, and we've got to get people, we've got to somehow either financially aid them so that they can run for office, or we've got to get together and put groups together so that we can identify what's out there right now, which offices are coming due, and then put the plans together, work the neighborhoods, go door to door. And take those positions back. You're not going to get your liberty back if you leave the country. But there are so many people, Ron, I don't mean to be negative. It really hurts me to say this, but I really believe this. The people, the the majority of the electorate in, in the 17th Congressional District believe that Sam Farr is their person. And he represents what they believe. Well, we're in the 20th District. Oh, well. Begin with. Oh, okay, you made a mistake right there, okay? (laughs) All right. 
but the, po- all right. the point is, wait a minute. When did it become the when did it become the twentieth? Because it seventeenth. Our, oh, really? our last election. Back when a real last election. Okay. That's all right. Well, I don't, I don't feel so, quite so, so bad, but so what's happening now is we're going to have a primary, and unless somebody else signed on yesterday, it's going to be Sam and me in the primary. And since the top two vote getters go forward in November, that means it'll be Sam and me in November. And what I intend to do is I, I have followed the money and the votes. And what I intend to do is show the correlation between big money coming in and how the votes went and show that to the people. And if they, you know, if they don't believe it, then they can go after my numbers and go after my, uh, my research to see where I'm wrong. But I think once they see what's really going on, then, at least from my vantage point, uh, I think many of them will say, we got to do something about this and there has to be some change. And I am, I'm neither a Democrat nor a Republican. I'm an independent. I've been an independent here since 1980. And it's about time that I think there's going to be a change. And I, I think there will Ron, be. Ron, what's your last name? Cabot. Okay. Yeah, of course. With with a K. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All righty. Yeah. Uh, you are a, uh, a, a listener. To the I'm, a C- I'm a CPA. Yeah, I'm a CPA in Carmel. Okay. Very good. Um, so uh, thank you for calling the Saturday special as you have before here. Uh, Kurt in Scotts Valley, you're on with uh, Bodie and John, and Doctor John is still here. Yeah. And <laughs> wait. Somehow we got a. We, we covered the, the the book pretty well, don't you think? I mean, no, not enough. Oh, yeah. We got. Bodie, you got to leave. We got to finish. The, okay. Uh, Kurt in Scotts Valley, real quick here. What do you want to say to Bodie? Hey, I just wanted to say that uh, I love what you guys are talking about, and I think everybody's waking up. And um, I, you know, there's a part of you that you want to think, no, this isn't really happening. But then when you get all the news tidbits of what's going on, um, it is shocking. And the noose is tightening, tightening around uh, the American public, and we are losing our liberties and you know, I listen to Alex, um, and and I think he comes off like a wild man, but like 80% of the stuff he says is true, and uh, I, I I just think everybody's waking up. And everybody, I've always said I, if, if, if even 10% of what Alex says is true, we're in deep doo-doo. <laughs> really and, and horrible. So I, I think it's going to keep going that way. I think I think we're heading towards another... Some type of revolution. I don't know if it's going to be violent or not, but uh, p- people get it. You know, right. I think the closer to the top, the more you drink the Kool Aid. They don't get it, but um, everybody else does. So right. anyway, Kurt, thanks for calling. You. Appreciate okay, it. Thanks, Thank bye. you, Lowell and Sokel, You're on. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, I hate to see that young man leave the country. He's the kind of fighter we need and need badly here. But he has to do, of course, what he feels is best for himself. A uh, couple things that are happening in the local area. One, of course, is the uh, movement to declare Santa Cruz as a constitutional protection zone. Hey, or, or a constitution-free zone. I guess it's what it, it is now, right? <laughs> I uh, hope and, they and, and it's, and it's a prosperity. It's always been a prosperity-free zone. Well, this is something new, supposedly, that to uh-huh. declare it a constitutional protection zone. And we'll see what happens with that. 
Good luck. That, that, that's that. The thing I was plugging is just to discuss that very thing. They're going to discuss that on March the 19th at 7 p.m. at 1917th Avenue in Santa Cruz. So check it out. I will, I will, I will be there, and I will be spreading the word. I'm finding out flyers and trying to make it happen. Beautiful. Uh, another, another thing we're really hoping for is to get a constitutional sheriff's candidate. Uh, this is open until Wednesday since the current sheriff has indicated he's not going to run. Only a, Wednesday? Yeah, between election. now and the Bodie there's stay a, a one and run for, president, run for sheriff here in Santa Cruz. <laughs> there's a thought. <laughs> yeah. well, we're hoping to get something going. And, uh, hey, uh, I commend you MD, for what you're doing here with this. A lot of people have been condemning me lately. Thank you for... I, I didn't say condemn. I said condone. Or commend. I really, oh. really screwed oh. up. Anyway, one, one more thing. Uh, if don't change too much, at least keep a little bit of this straightforward business. Keep us honest. We, we will. And, and, but we're, we're looking to really change the afternoon drive to make it. And, and I've talked with Charlie about this, and we've got some big plans here uh, in, in the very, very near future. We don't know exactly what they are right now, but we know what direction we have to take. And we're going to be doing that. Um, and that's for uh, 4 to 7 p.m. on your favorite radio station. Uh, Bodie, uh, I know you got to get back. Thanks for being here. It was good to see you. I hope I don't I don't know whether I'll see you before you blast off. Oh, I'm here, sure but, you will. I'm okay. sure you will. Great. Okay. Well, thanks Is for Bodie having gonna me. Are going to be there on the 19th? I I would like to, but I'm about three and a half hours north, and it's it's possible, but I just I would love to, but I don't know if I can. I'll hope you make it. We'll see what happens anyway. I'd love to meet you. Okay. I appreciate it. I so appreciate it. Other folks would like the same. MZ, good show. Take care. Thank you, Lowell. Uh, Richard and Salinas, uh, you're on the air. This for Rich? I didn't hear that first part. Rich, yeah, you're on. Okay, great. Yeah, thanks. Um, back to the doctor. Uh, yes, a please. From earlier good. In the discussion. Uh, all these uh, ladies that you uh, had the study on, I guess they were all wealthy or rich women? Yeah, they they were actually they were referred by mostly by their attorneys to help in the preparation of, of their defense, especially if they were repeat offenders. Okay, the question I had is: all these women probably didn't start out wealthy unless they were born into a wealthy family, uh, and so what did you ever trail backwards to find out what caused them to start this reaction? Is it a matter of security where they were poor when they were young, or a control issue? Where maybe they were molested when they were little girls or something, and now they're trying to, you know, act out a control situation, whatever they want to do. I know people like this. I work with homeless, and some of these people, okay, you know, they've no, got background yeah, which lead them to these type of things. No, I, 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 I think uh, you know it's a, it's a very good comment, especially concerning the traumatic events that's happened in these people's lives. And, and you're absolutely right. The, the most of them didn't start out wealthy. A few did, inherited wealth or whatever, but uh, they acquired it along the line, but they also acquired a, a sense of trauma that came from either their parents or someone, someone else in their background where the trauma then carried over early in life to their shoplifting career where they began to steal things at a young age out of their own trauma and confusion. And and now, fortunately, there there are new therapies used in order to deal with these kinds of traumatized shoplifters. Well, besides security and control issues, what other 
reasons would they end up getting in this? Because obviously money doesn't change the way they're thinking. Uh, it just makes life a little easier for them, but they still revert back to doing things based on whatever that trauma was that they had. Is there another thing that uh, you could throw in there besides those two? Because, yeah. you know, people that are hoarders, they, you know, they used to be uh, poor when they were young and, and they didn't have food for two or three days. And, you know, so they don't they hoard food or they hoard whatever it is that they lacked when they were young. Because they grew up in a family that didn't have that. And the controller, one lady in particular, she was molested at eight age, eight, eight, excuse me. And she's homeless now, but she doesn't have to be. She's got a bunch of kids, but she doesn't want to go to their place and live because they're going to control her life. So she has to have the control, which makes her homeless. Because that's the only way she can keep the control. And then she uses other people in the process. And when she gets tired of somebody who wears out their welcome with her, uh, then she gets rid of them and gets somebody else, whether it's sex or drugs or things that she needs. You know, she drops them, goes around, and then she circulates around, comes back to this, the original ones after time's gone by. And it's control, 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 control. Everything about her life is controlled. She will not allow, she blurted it out one time. She, I will not let anybody control my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know, as I said before in the previous part of the show, a lot of it is about power and control. It's very little really about money except for certain kinds of, of women shoplifters, the, the trophy shoplifters that steal the, the high-end merchandise. And, and they derive some satisfaction out of that. I mean, interestingly enough that some of the, the, the research suggests that the more expensive the item is, the more pleasure that these people derive from having that particular item as opposed to lower-end items. So many of these women that, that I see are arrested at, at the more elegant stores r- rather than at Kmart or, or Walmart. Yeah, they're, they're, well, it, it, you know, they want the high-end, the rich to start with, or wealthy to start with, so they have to keep the image up, too. One other thing, and that is the current thing that seems to be going around is... People go to, say, Walmart or Kmart or Target or any stores, and when people come out of the store, a lot of people discard their receipts and, you know, throw the bags away or something. And there's people that scour the parking lots for receipts, and they're specifically looking for cash receipts. And so if they find one, and it's within a matter of a day or two of purchase, they go back in the store with a bag already, find the item, put it in the bag, go back up to the refund counter, and get the cash back. Mm-hmm. They don't steal anything. They just take the cash and walk out the door. Mm-hmm. Well, that means, yeah, the, the, the women that have done that, or sure. there, there's more. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. There are about 16 different categories of shoplifters. We've only touched on a few here, but there are professional thieves who go through garbage cans that look for receipts that that switch labels, that switch price tags, and, and attempt to to defraud. The, the retailer in that way. I don't really know, I can't really pin down the, the, the psychology of those people because I haven't looked at as many of them as I have the more involved women who have multiple issues, including codependence, sometimes it's alcohol, and those are kind of people that you, that you work with apparently, or, or drug dependent. But th- they can also have these codependencies that support their their uh, theft addiction so now you've got a couple of different addictions and then you you add in psychiatric treatment so now you've got a doctor that's got them hooked on an ssri they're they're also involved in in shoplifting and they've got a substance abuse problem 
It just keeps compounding itself, as well, unfortunately. Uh, MZ, I have one question for you. Did you tape Ben Fuchs's uh, program last night? No, I didn't, and as far as I know, <laughs> nobody did. But if there's anybody out there who did, yeah, I feel like an idiot because, uh, you know, I, I, I wasn't running that meeting, and it's probably a good thing because then it probably wouldn't have been a good meeting. But it was the best meeting we ever had, except that no one recorded it. <laughs> yeah, I used to talk to Ben on the phone when he first started his radio program, and I always kid him because I have an eye disease, which they label Fuchs disease, of all things. So I, I accuse him of the one that caused it. But oh. uh, the first the first time that, that Ben came out here, you guys came to Salinas that one time, uh-huh. and I was at that meeting, and they were going to record it, and then something got screwed up on the recording. Yeah. And I've asked him a couple of times prior after that uh, if there's any recordings that ever been made of any of his presentations, because I'd love yeah, to there, there's Yeah, the, there's one on, the, there's a bunch of them on, on YouTube. Just, just, um, just uh, oh, uh, Google pharmacist Ben Fuchs, and it's spelled F-U-C-H-S. Right. That's Not F-U-C-H-E-S, <laughs> but F-U-C-H-S. Yeah. And there was one that was uh, filmed by Dr. Future about two or three years ago uh, oh, at, C- at Seacliff Inn, the, the, the eight chapters of nutrition. It's a fabulous presentation. Oh, I can't uh, imagine. I mean, I love listening to Ben. I mean, he just got so much information. Yeah. And unfortunately for us, we don't restore. You know, he's got it all stored up there. He just pulls it up. Well, here's here's what we're doing. Here's what we're doing to try to harness that all that energy and, and good information. You've been hearing it. We've been we've been uh, uh, test marketing it on on KSCO and KOMY, and I'm talking about the pharmacist Ben. I call them health nuggets. Uh, um, we have uh, retained uh, Talkers uh, Magazine, which is the um, you know the Bible of the talk radio industry, mm-hmm. to uh, help us promote this nationwide or worldwide. And my plan is during the next year or two for Ben Fuchs to become a household word. And yeah. it's a lot easier to 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 get stations and bloggers and podcasters and so forth to pick up little little nuggets rather than whole hour shows now. The hour show that he does live 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. every weekday that we carry on KOMY uh, mm-hmm. 1340 is is carried on a, a number of other stations around the country through through Ted Anderson's GCN radio network, the same network that syndicates Alex Jones. Um, and uh, Ted has become a, a huge supporter of Longevity and Doc Wallach's and Ben Fuchs's message about taking charge of your health through nutrition, not prescription drugs. And uh, and he's made it available to, he's made that message available to a lot of his talk shows. He's got over 60 of them besides Alex and Ben. Yeah, and I've got the Genesis app on my phone, so I, I can go on there yes. and listen to these Oh, and people. thank you for, for reminding me. As I've gotten to know Ted Anderson, become one of my best friends, uh, I've said my compliments to the chef. GCNlive.com is a wonderful online radio network. Uh, 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 yeah, it's it's on the internet. And when I first saw that, I said, "Oh my God, what a great idea! I got to do that with KSCO." And he's been very helpful to me. And Forrest D. Jaddick, who is our official uh, guru when it comes to creating digital media uh, content platform uh, for us, has just completed it. And it is at ZBS Radio, ZBSRadio.com. Uh, go to ZBSRadio.com. It's a little spartan right now, but it's going to be added. It's, it, the, 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 the structure, the skeleton is there for a fabulous, fabulous online 
you know, K, uh, powered by KSEO, uh, um, you know, on demand, uh, 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 media network. I'm not, I'm not just going to say radio because it's going to be video too. It's going to be everything. It's going to be blogs and, yeah. and it's already functioning. So if you go to ZBS radio, all one word, zbsradio.com, you can, you can see what we've got up already and, um, you know, <laughs> we're doing a lot of things with uh, with new media and the internet, including with George Norrie's help here uh, on Coast to Coast AM, criticalhealthnews.com, criticalhealthnews.com, and pharmacist Ben. Yeah, well, now we're going to be able to put out apps a whole lot easier than we've been able to in the past because we've never done it. I feel like a fool. We had one of the first radio stations in the world that that had its own website in 1994. You know. Well, we never, we sort of fell behind everybody else. How about, MZ, how about that big Psych app. Psych app? Right. Psych app? Psych app. Right. What a neat idea. You and I will have to talk about that on our power walk here, Dr. John. So anyhow, yeah, wanted to put out the word zbsradio.com. And there are so many people who listen to the Saturday special and to other programs who don't probably, you know, who probably have computers and internet connections and don't realize that you, if you, if you like the Saturday special or if you like Happy Hour or if you like Good Morning Monterey Bay, uh, you know, if you like KSCO Presents, you don't have to listen on our schedule. You can listen to any of these programs on your schedule and have been able to do this for quite some time through the podcast section of KSCO.com. Where you can go and see what I'm doing. No, I'm not making a, an obscene gesture. Um, but you can see what we're doing here because we have a, we have a video feed at ksco.com. That's going to be expanded into zbsradio.com. We need to figure out how to do the bandwidth thing so thousands of well, people can... Let me ask can, you one more question then. Uh, you know, I listen to the Joyce Riley program because it's rebroadcast out here on the local 880 uh, AM Christian station here in Salinas uh-huh. uh, between 1 and 4 in the morning. So I'm... An hour later, she starts her new program back in Missouri, but I listen to the replay in the morning. And she has uh, an email blast that she sends out uh, after every program. Usually get, I usually get it in the afternoon about 3 o'clock from her program because she's on the same morning. Are you going to be able to do an email blast out to all the people that log on? Yes. Yes, ultimately we will be able to do that. Ted Anderson's already doing that. To, like he told me yesterday, 25,000 people had just gotten... Which is on his list. He's way, he's got his act way more together than I do at this point, but we're working and and he's helping us, which is great. Well, it's a matter of expanding the knowledge of the truth to all these people so bodies don't leave the country. Exactly. Oh, how how beautifully put. How beautifully put. Wow. Okay, listen, thank you so much, Anthony. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you, Richard. And, uh, golly gee, we have less than a minute and a half left. Dr. John, um, use the, Use that time to tell people about the book, Why Rich Women Shoplift, when they have it all. John C. Brady. Yeah, I want to thank you, MZ and and Kay, for inviting me in and giving me the opportunity to to talk about uh, what's becoming a more important subject every day is is why people shoplift. There's just no question that it's an epidemic that people have been been misdiagnosed with this addictive behavioral disorder and have been prescribed certain kinds of drugs that have really made the the condition worse. I I hope that the information in the book would be helpful 
to the general reader and and to people perhaps suffering from this addictive patterning. They can they can buy the book as MZ said before on Amazon.com, on BarnesandNoble.com, or at John C. Brady.com. And I thank Thanks, you. Thanks, John. Thank, hey, thank you, yeah, Continued MC. success to thank, you. And, thank uh, you very much. You've still got another hour to come down and meet with Tara and uh, and Justin if you want to get your, uh, your incredible uh, Healthy Start Pack deal. <laughs> That's it, gang. See you next week. KSCO Santa Cruz Salinas Monterey San Jose. It is 12 noon, and here is CBS. CBS News, I'm Pam Coulter. It's been more than 24 hours since Malaysia Airline 777 vanished shortly after taking off from Kuala Lumpur on a flight to Beijing. It appears two people on board may have had stolen passports. CBS's Bob Orr. At this point, though, U.S. officials are saying they're aware of the report that the passports were stolen but they've seen nothing preliminarily so far that connects this accident to terrorism. Now, they caution uh, they're very early in the investigation. CBS News aviation analyst Sully Sullenberger says if the plane crashed an hour into the flight, that would be unusual. Now, only a small percentage of accidents happen uh, in the cruise portion of the flight. Most of them, um, most accidents happen in the landing or the takeoff portion. Sullenberger safely landed his plane in New York's Hudson River after it hit a flock of birds. In a phone call with his Russian counterpart, Secretary of State John Kerry warned any Russian steps to annex Ukraine's Crimea would close the door to diplomacy. He told Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov Russia should exercise utmost restraint in Ukraine. CBS's Kami McCormick is in Kiev. The people of Kiev who gathered Saturday at Maidan Square said they were worried about where this situation situation is headed. They are praying like God for the peaceful solution. But, but you, you, you don't know what to expect from Russia because they are very dangerous. And all the time you, you cannot just stay calm because every minute you are looking for some news. And even, for example, when you sleep, you stay awake and you think, oh my God, what is happening? Very few would even guess what would happen if a peaceful solution is not found. Kami McCormick, CBS News, Kiev. The man who leaked NSA secrets is again trying to explain why he did it. Edward Snowden claims he flagged his concerns about the NSA's overreach to more than 10 officials. But when no one acted, he decided to leak the agency's secret documents. In written answers to the European Parliament, Snowden says some advised him not to rock the boat, others to let the issue be someone else's problem. Snowden dismissed suggestions that whistleblower laws would have protected him. The NSA previously said it found no evidence. And Snowden expressed his concerns to anyone in the agency. Larry Miller, CBS News, London. It looks like the woman charged with attempted murder for driving her children into the Atlantic Ocean will remain behind bars. Bond was set at more than a million dollars for Ebony Wilkerson. Volusia County Prosecutor Dan Jancha. The flight risk, not being a citizen of the state of Florida, being a danger to the community, obviously based on the facts of this case, a danger to herself and obviously an unborn child. Customs officials confirm 750 people being held at the Northwest Detention Center in Tacoma, Washington, are on a hunger strike. They're protesting deportations and conditions. This is CBS News.
Ron Delano, Attorney Houston. If you've been diagnosed with mesothelioma, you may be entitled to a tax-free share of billions of dollars that have been set aside for mesothelioma cancer patients. Second-hand asbestos exposure can also cause mesothelioma. Many patients were exposed to asbestos and didn't even know it. Call right now to get the facts about your legal rights and possible financial compensation. Call 800-764-3000. 800-764-3000. This is Father John Couture. And this is TV news anchor Ernie Anastas. Father, please say a word about finding the courage to carry on in tough times. Well, as they say, when the going gets rough, immediately ask God for his strength. With God, all things are possible. Remember, courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is the indomitable will to carry on in spite of your fears. For more, visit my website, messengerofjoy.com. God bless you. You have tuned in to KSCOAM 1080 and KOMYAM 1340. Serving Santa Cruz, San Jose, Salinas, Monterey, and Watsonville. The time is four minutes past 12 noon, Saturday, March 8, 2014. 69 degrees at KSCO Studios, your friendly voice, Aaron Shore, with your local King of the Hill traffic and Central Coast weather. Taking a look at your roadways here in Santa Cruz. Roadways seem to be traveling up and to the limit with no signs of any traffic delay hazards or collisions in the area. Closure of the roadway on Soquel Drive at Rio Del Mar Boulevard near Rio Del Mar and State Park. Roadway is subject to be closed for two to three days due to PG&E electrical work in the area. In the San Benito County area, which includes Hollister Gilroy, at 152 westbound, just east of Mount Madonna. A traffic collision with minor injuries. Units are clearing the scene shortly before 12 noon. A traffic hazard reported in San Benito County area of 101 southbound at Bernal Road. Units are en route to the scene. It looks like a tire is in the